Welcome, Sacramento fans, to your State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined by our podcast mom, Sharon. How's it going, Sharon? I know we lost, but we're here post-game, literally post-game for the first time. Yeah, I think you and I were, were you know, we were hoping for partway through tonight, the, the match tonight. We were both hoping for, well, a tie would not be so bad. And, you know, well, maybe we can pull off a win and then Emma Clement or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm doing okay this you know it's it's not life or death for me and i'm sure the players feel you know very sad um but overall i had a, a really good day and i'm gonna have a really good rest of the week and looking forward to redemption when we go down to san diego um but i was actually hoping you know and and I'm, and shout out to everybody who went down to the game but i was i was kind of hoping we could peer into the experience that everybody had uh, as they went, you know, because there were a lot of Sacramento people that went down to Oakland today to watch the match or tonight. And I really appreciate the fact that they went down and they did the support for the squad and, you know, and, but I, I was hoping, and you were hoping too, that we could get one or two or three of them to pop on our podcast and share the experience. But when the team loses, understandably, you know, no, as as Jane as Jane put it, they're feeling rather salty uh, after tonight's match, and I I don't blame them. It it it's rough when you lose and and you've gone down there in person and you know you've been pulling them for the squad you know the whole ninety minutes that they've been out there and you have hope upon hope about on about things working out okay. How did how about you? How how are you feeling? Uh well uh, I mean after after a loss it's it's never a happy moment but I, I do want to be optimistic and I do feel a little bit better after seeing the performance tonight because uh, as I was telling you off air uh, I think that out of all the losses that we've had this season this has probably been the one that I haven't been as mad at because mm-hmm. the team gave it their all I mean it was really intense uh, I I was a little scared that we would get a red card <laughs> in the second half or. What? Because the first half was just really that intense. And, um, for, you know, fortunately that didn't happen and we didn't see a red card on either end. Right. I mean, it was pretty clean, I think, in the second half. But I mean, I appreciate the intensity that this is what we want the team to always be like. And if they just keep playing like this and we keep seeing more games like this where they give it their all and, you know, they want to win, you know, that you could see it in their eyes. Right. Which we haven't seen that in a lot of the losses. then we can't really complain as much about the team when they do that. And, and I said it before in previous weeks, if they play like this all of October, if we see this like that, then I'll be happy at least if we see that. Even if we don't make the playoffs, I'll be like, well, you know what? They gave it their all. They wanted to win, but luck just wasn't their way. And the other team, they scored the opportunity they had and we missed our chance. But yeah. at least it wasn't one way. So, so listen, you know, uh, Quincy Ameriqua, he, he's the real deal. I mean, I totally remember him back. This is so funny. Back in the days when um, my ex-husband, Ron, was coaching the outdoor Sacramento Knights, I believe they scrimmaged against UC Santa Barbara that was up here for another match. I think they were playing UC Davis. But our that we got a chance to I got a chance to see Quincy when he was still in college, and I absolutely think that he's uh you know I, I 
um, oh, he played at UC Davis. That's what it was. He played at UC Davis Center. UC Santa Barbara came up and played versus UC Davis. And then UC Davis turned around. We went to that match. That's right. And then UC Davis came came around and then they, they scrimmaged the outdoor Sacramento Knights. I believe that's how it went. And it was, it was really awesome to see him then in college and to watch him play and then to watch him get picked up by the um, San Jose Earthquakes not long after I was thrilled to see him get picked up that quickly. And then I think, you know, there were some, he, I don't think he was starting, you know, it's like, I totally remember how fast he was and I remember everything about him and I followed his career for quite a while. And then to see him back in USL, you know, the USL championship level, and then to see him get picked up by the roots. If you remember during one of our prior podcasts, Luis, I said, we've got to watch out for Quincy you know, and sure enough, what did he do against us tonight? He broke us down because their pocket player drew our defenders to him, which left Quincy wide open to make a waltz right on through our defense. I, I think Jaime made a recovery run. If I'm not mistaken, do you remember seeing Jaime trying to make a recovery run to pick up um, Quincy? And yeah. it didn't it didn't work out very well. And, you know, there was nothing that our keeper could have done. He did all the right things. He came out. He was big. Um, he, he did everything for a one on one V one, but it just didn't work out. I really like Quincy. I've always liked him. I think he brings, he's a, he reminds me a little bit. Cam reminds me a little bit of Quincy, Cameron, Awasa and, and Quincy. They kind of, they're, they have the same fierceness. They have the same Panther pouncy, um, pick up weird stuff, come out of nowhere kind of guys, you know, just because they're just watching for just that weird opportunity and i've seen him do it all the time san jose he did it with san jose and now he's doing it with the oakland roots and so does cameron cameron does this weird stuff it's like out of nowhere there's cam look what he did this past weekend with that toe poke goal um he just came out of nowhere and he picked up the pass from um derek and next thing you know he's toe poked the ball in and I, so that's why it's just like when you watch cameron you're almost watching a real similar Quincy. So I've always said, keep an eye out, keep an eye on Quincy. He's quite dangerous and lethal and he proved it. And then Emmer Clementa, I know we're going to look at the goals in, in detail, but there was nothing that could be done on the first goal. You know, the, when our defenders got drawn, drawn forward and got suckered into um, stepping in together. And then there was nothing you could do about the second goal when Emra tapped it in with his head. Now, remember, Emra didn't used to be a defender. He didn't used to be a right back, you know, when he played for Preki. He was a striker when he came to us, when he did the tryouts. He started out as a striker. He wasn't a defender. He learned how to be a defender, and he's a, a darn good one. So at the end of the day, when he finished that one ball, that's a lot of training. That is like years and years of training. And I would expect nothing less from Emra just because I've seen him play. I saw him playing, you know, season after season with us and he's clutch dude's clutch. He comes up with, with weird stuff and he did it tonight against us, which is kind of sad, but you know, I like what you said earlier, Luis, about how um, you found this game to be, even though it's a loss, it was acceptable because of how hard we played 
and how many shots we had. If you look at the stats, if you wanted to pull up what the stats were for the match, it was, it was a, it was good. I mean, if you look at how many shots on goal that we had um, and let's see total shots. I mean, we played hard. I mean, we got yellow cards. Our possession wasn't as great, but we had four shots on target, 12 shots overall. What's not to like about that? I mean, that's one of the things that we've been begging to see more of. So, you know, aside from kind of some errant passing and lots of fouls that were called against us, which meant that the game didn't have a lot of flow, but still, you know, I like your analysis. It was, it's not that hard of a loss to accept because how hard we played. Right. Yeah, because it would have been able to have gone any way. Right. Like we were talking, we were hoping for that tie at least. <laughs> now we did want a point from this match so that we, you know, they wouldn't pull ahead. But overall, I mean, we had 12 shots. They had 10 shots, you know, for an away match. I think that's really great when you're able to capitalize on that because you know you have to count travel and uh, also the pitch right it seemed like it was artificial turf if i'm not mistaken and so when you have all those conditions combined i mean it, it's never easy uh go, going out there and i remember there was even one play where uh saldana could have had the ball but the ball did a strange thing where it bounced <laughs> more than it should have and that was mainly right. because of the pitch and so those little things i mean we we know oakland right on their pitch and <laughs> <laughs> they always have issues with that, but yeah, I, I was oh. a little worried that that would influence a goal, right? Little yeah. things like that could do that. And Oakland is used to playing in that, right? I mean, they, right. they've, I'm sure they've yes. already played quite a few games in, in Blue Schools right. Field, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> bring oh, I, you know, hand it to Jared. That's <laughs> 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 so good. Uh so listen, I'm going to do a little bit of a recap that we we did receive from um, folks that were there. So it turns out um, that there were a lot of really awesome Republic fans, and I'm not going to name everybody, but there were people, a shout out to Heather and Mel Sims, um, Scott and Laura, um, um, Scott Bradford and his his friend, and then Chris Tucker, um, Mike and, and Chris McAnich. Mc, I know I probably am not pronouncing it right. McAnnan, McAnninch. <laughs> Someone's going to correct me. Scott Rosenquist, Megan Dendorfer, William Land, Matt Brisano, Brett and Matt. And then there were others. And of course, Jane Walker, um, James Scott Walker, Chrissy Getz was there. They said that they saw Todd Donovan there. I mean, that was great. Mm. You know, at least they saw him. And then they said after the game that, they really appreciated the fact that Cam, uh, Kamawasa, Shannon, and Jaime came over um, to acknowledge the fans and that from a distance, Duke and Andrew, um, and I would expect this of those two, gave them a high five from the field. But, you know, they didn't, and this is something, you know, if any of the players are, are listening to this, when you have a loss, but your fans came and traveled 90 minutes to two hours to come and see you, even if you've lost, go acknowledge the fans. And apparently that didn't happen. So, and guys, it, I know losses are hard and I know games are on the line and, you know, the playoffs are a big deal right now. We're pushing hard, but 
you got to remember your fans. I mean, that's a lot of gasoline. That's a lot of time out. That's a lot of, you know, being tired. You got to just remember to do that part. So, um, but apparently it was still a really fun atmosphere because it was dollar beer night. And um, <laughs> we all know what happens during dollar beer night. <laughs> you just, you pound them down and all that other, uh, all the fun stuff unfolds. Um, I did get a report from Chris earlier. Um, you know, their, their food truck situation is sometimes similar to what happens at the Republic Stadium or at Heart Health Park. Um, sometimes when you don't have enough food, food vendors, for the numbers of fans that are there. And, and if you have hungry fans, she said she spent pretty much the whole first half waiting for her food from the food truck vendor. So that's not a good thing because you're there to watch the game and you expect to be able to just kind of walk up, order, get your food and get back in your seat pretty quickly. And that's happened also at Sacramento where they don't have enough vendors, food truck vendors or food vendors. I even took a look this last game at half or just before halftime, the lines were long and I could tell that people have been waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, yeah, this online ordering thing isn't really working because you still have to wait and wait and wait. So make a long story short, you know, we need to really improve the fan experience. And I know we already got kind of semi set straight by a couple of people that I know that 2020 sucked and it put a, a real impact on everything, including the economy and the recovery. So during 2021, it, we're not there. There's not a whole lot of money going around in, you know, for sports and entertainment, as far as the people that are putting on these sports and entertainment things. Um, and that includes Sac Republic. So shoestring budgets, short staff, food trucks are in the same boat. So I was told, we really need to exercise a whole lot of patience. It's like, okay, got it. All right. Understood. However, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully figure this out for upcoming seasons. So we don't, so we can improve the fan experience if you know what I mean, but shoestring budget. Yeah, I get it. All right. Fine. I, I was going <laughs> to, and this of course, just uh, joking, but maybe not, not so much joking too, but maybe they need to bring some of the um, hot dog, sellers as, as people might know right in the bay area and and la they have them right usually outside of venues and really popular outside of the bank of california i remember like they, there was yeah. a lot of them and so hey they need bring them inside bring yep. them inside the venue you bring know them inside. Put them, yeah put them on the put them on either corner of, you know where the clocks are where the you know where you can see that put them over on either side of those and let people just run down there and get their dog or but, People Get wouldn't up. be waiting that much time, right? I, know, I mean, they right? could whip they're out already ready. a lot. Yeah. 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 And, you know, <laughs> even uh, what is it? Who makes a uh, Beyond? Beyond makes a sausage. So you can you can get a veggie sausage if you needed it, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. So th there's things I think they could do and, and make with minimal uh -huh. people probably, right? I mean, just, just have something like that and, and just find ways to whip out more food right and in a much quicker fashion and uh -huh. uh, maybe we just need to take a break from fancier food right and just go for more uh, convenient quick cooking food that <laughs> you know people could just get their quick hot dog and there you go right we, we need to be baseball for a quick second there <laughs> yeah I know right yeah hey you know I wonder what it would be like to have like 
hot roasted peanuts because right now they have those bad things. So when people want to get in, get out and get something to eat really fast, you just go to that Mr. Pops or whatever it's called, the popcorn thing. And you just get a sack of popcorn, which is the equivalent of peanuts in a um, baseball, you know, in a a baseball thing. So, um, (laughs) Hey, I just, (laughs) I just, we just got a message. Um, from the fans that were down there that Chrissy had a party foul. We need to figure that what, what <laughs> I'm going to ask tell us more <laughs> so we can repeat this. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned the, the popcorn and yeah. I have actually realized that there have been more people than usual in that area. Whereas I remember past years, I'm not saying that the popcorn isn't good because I haven't had it myself. Maybe it's really amazing, but I haven't seen a lot of people actually buying popcorn. <laughs> oh, really? Oh my god! In the past, yeah. So, so, oh wait, no, no. There was a line this last weekend. There was a line at the popcorn place because you couldn't, you couldn't get your food fast enough at the other places. So you just kind of, and they ran out of pretzels because everybody always just like you look at all the lines at all the other places. It's like mm-hmm. frick, I'll just go get a, a pretzel with mustard. And I didn't want to say the word frick. I wanted to get a beep out of you um, when you have to go back and do the editing, but I I'm making it easy on you. So, so <laughs> I saw, and even I did the same thing. I went around and say, like, Oh, line. Oh, there's a line there. I was like, Oh, no line at the popcorn thing. I'm in because they have a blend and it's delicious. It's the cheddar blend. You know, it's like the, the cheese blend mixed with the sweet and salty, um, it's not caramel corn. It's the other one. What's that other one? Kettle corn. Mm. It's, uh, it's the, oh man, it's so good. And it's super addictive. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. Here's Chrissy's here's Chris. Okay. Before we get back to the match highlights, which they're really, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Read this one. So Chrissy's party foul is she owes, uh, she owes, Scott Walker, a quarter since Chrissy spilled a quarter of his dollar beer. <laughs> oh, and you know what? I can imagine Chrissy was gesticulating or you know, gesturing um, wildly um, during something. And maybe that's how the beer got spilled. You know, she was oh. waving her arms because she was cheering. And, you know, it's it's fun to hang out with uh, Tower Bridge Battalion fans because uh, and Luis. Mind you, when you're loud and you're the fan, you get going. But Chrissy, man, she can take the cake on, um, yeah, on on the the fan loudness level. And what does she say? Um, you have to use your your physical your PE teacher voice. You yeah. have to so you know, right. You don't ruin your vocal cords if you know how to yell from your gut and you're loud. So you remember hearing her say that? Do you remember hearing her say use your PE teacher voice? Yeah. You're, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, Chrissy, right on. Um, and sorry about, you know, maybe we need to do a collection for Scott Walker since, you know, he had a quarter of his beer spilled. But um, that's funny. Yeah, no, sh- shout out to Chrissy because, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, when it comes to volume out there, uh, fan-wise, right, who's the loudest? Like, I don't think anyone is louder than her. And it's always great, right? Because we need more people like that. And if we can yes. get, at least if we can get 10 more Chrissy's and have them be around Heart Hill Park, right? Around different sections. I think we could be pretty loud. And Even, at least yeah, maybe put some pressure loud. on the pitch. <laughs> oh, you know what? If we're ever looking for another coach, I, I almost want Chrissy to be our coach. <laughs> 
You know, she'd be super motivational. That that woman can be so motivational. She, it's like, you can't, you can't be down when you're around her, you know, pretty much if you're around anybody in the Tower Bridge Battalion, it's like, they won't let you mope. They won't let you be down. And if you look like you're not having a good time, they'll be right there to pick you up. I swear. So yeah, they're all solid. Everybody in the Tower Bridge Battalion, they're all like super solid and won't let you be sad. You can't be sad when you're around TBB people or, you know, even the tailgaters. So if you have yet, if, you know, okay. So if you listen to this broadcast in, to our podcast and you pretty much just go to the game and you don't engage in the tailgate, change it up, go by the tailgate. Even if you're by yourself, go through the tailgate, go talk to the Sarge's family, go talk to the, you know, the Waregi family, go talk to, you know, go talk to, all of them they're you know juju chavez's family go talk to the tower bridge battalion folks you know jump on in and grab a jello shot from a uh, rave bear um because <laughs> he always has okay so the green ones are tequila based the orange ones are vodka based and the blue ones are for children because they're nothing they're just regular jello so um yeah yeah so you could have a jello shot and not even get drunk please because then you don't drink oh so, nice I, yeah. I got an option thank you ray bear i'm glad ray bear looks out for everyone right that's why yeah. he's a ray bear shout out to rave bear tonight hey you know i like it when we do um to you know special shout outs to everybody oh 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 and then shout out i don't know what jessica link has up her sleeve for you Luis, but you mentioned that she said for you to go see her at the next match that you're at so you know we're we're both kind of like waiting <laughs> to see what she's got up her sleeve and and shout out to her for you know being not only a, a super supporter but also a um, a really fast rising star for Sacramento Republic as an employee. You know she's she's one of the um, folks in the red shirts, but she's special because she knows how to take charge and step up to the plate and be a responsible person. I mean, <laughs> she's she's a kick in the butt. So shout out to to all these folks. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jessica. It was really awesome when, when she sent me that message and uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the surprise because I I like any surprise. And if it's at Sacramento, then awesome. It's going to be really great. And, uh, and a really good game too. I mean, it's going to be a Wednesday game, but we play against Tacoma and I know I I have hope that we would get three points in in next Wednesday's match because we've done pretty good against them. And so, just got to get those three points in that match. And uh, yeah, I mean, break my curse, please. Break, break curse. my curse. I want to see us win life <laughs> at least once this year, please. Know, right. So it's funny. I got to give another shout out because my sis and I sat in the regular seats the past game and I forgot to give a shout out to the guys that sit behind me. I think his name is Rodrigo. I think is what his name is. And I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but if he does, he's funny. They always get two beers each when they sit down. So they don't have to go back and get another beer. They have beers to last. But if I'm there, he always offers me one of his two beers and it's like one time I took it and it was a chalada and it was like, okay, I wasn't that I didn't, I mean, I drank it, but I wasn't, it was a hot day and it got warm fast and chaladas are not good when they're warm, <laughs> they're nasty. 
nasty, right? But he was so sweet. And so I got to give him a shout out. I didn't take the beer this time when he offered me one of his two beers. It's like, no, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. But um, yeah, so it's fun to sit in our regular seats in 106. But I I think this coming Wednesday, we're going to be back over by VIP. But I don't think the stadium will be that crowded. So I think anybody, you know, if we wander around, we could go hang out with TVB. We can hang out with our buddies in 106. We can, you know, just kind of chit chat and see everybody. I don't think it'll be a, a static, just sit there in VIP the whole entire time. Although the view there is really cool, especially if they score right there in front of you. That's, that's a really fabulous thing to do. So, Hey, is there any employee, you know, besides Jessica and some of the others, Luis, that you would want to give a shout out to? Yeah, actually, uh, Sharon, now that you mentioned that, actually, thank you for mentioning that. There is one person that I have to give a shout out to because it surprised me and I don't think it's happened to me in the past, but I got a happy birthday email on Monday from my season ticket rep, Ryan Gordon. And so thank you, Ryan. If, If you listen to the podcast, I really appreciate it. And I think just thank you to whoever manages uh, the people in uh, the season ticket department, because uh, that must have been an idea that they probably mentioned. Hey, let's do this nice gesture of wishing our members a happy birthday because we have that information here. And, you know, a, a simple message goes a long ways and we remember it always, especially if it's on your birthday. And so thank you so much for that. And thank you for, again, just for doing that in general for all the fans, because we really do appreciate those uh, little things. And especially in a season where, you know, we've talked about things that they could have done that they didn't do quite yet for us this season as uh, members. And so uh, doing something like this is, is definitely um, a really great thing. Like they say, it's sometimes the smallest things sometimes make the biggest impact. So, so, you know, Luis, you deserve to have, you know, heaps, heaps of, accolades and support you're actually growing the fan base for soccer and also well we but you in particular because you're the backbone of this podcast um you you know you're taking you're risking and you're taking time and you know you're you're moving things forward and you're we're talking just as regular fans you know so we don't have to put the filter on that say you know the sac republic podcast bless our hearts you know they have to kind of put it as a perspective of reporting not from the fans perspective so much but from the club perspective so it's a different filter and you know they that's that's their job they put it on for for that filter unless they invite a fan on there and it's like wow that would be fun but you you're doing something very different you're very unique and i can see you doing you're you're only 30 and can you imagine what life holds for you and you're so you've got a lot of people kind of on your side and cultivating you besides you probably don't even know the impact you're making until you can look back in five or 10 years from now, when you are maybe the head of marketing for Sac Republic or another major, you know, sports franchise, if that's where it goes or wherever your, you know, employment takes you when you're, when you're directing um, the PR side or when you're directing the fan experience side of something, you're you're probably going to do some really big things and you've got a lot of supporters right now and it's it's really really cool to see but you know we all appreciate you and we all appreciate the time that you are spending because you not only have this podcast you have other ones too (laughs) you have the sonic and then you have the the pokey trainers you have fun stuff going on oh and then you also have the 209 you know the area 
code that you live in, you've dreamt up the 209 and nobody else has done it, right? Are you the first 209 podcast? Yeah, the first talk show in the 209 that really highlights people in the area and tells their story. And, uh, you know, I just want to keep doing that because there's a lot of stories here in the area that aren't told. And see, so, so, and the people who, you know, it's funny because other, the only other people that kind of do that sort of stuff, you know, are news broadcasters, but they're news. They're just doing the news and they don't always touch on all the things. And, you know, they only have so much time and they don't get to do a full on story of, like what's going on in the 209, you know, they'll say, you know, Modesto is, you know, maybe once a week they'll feature something from Modesto or from Turlock or whatever in the 209. But here you are, you know, doing these, the, you know, kind of uncovering the treasures of the 209 area code of the people and, you know, keep going. Don't stop doing that. That's just, you know, I, I know that's a lot of time sitting on your butt, so you better have time work to, you know, to do your workouts and get your exercise in, because I know you also do a full-time job working, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're doing the right things. You're doing great things, but I got to get back to something quite funny. Remember how <laughs> earlier, just a little bit earlier, we were talking about hot dogs and you were talking about <laughs> making easier. Did you yeah. see what Jane just wrote about the hot dogs? Oh, well, okay. Yeah. This is a story we should tell everyone then. <laughs> let's, let's tell this one. This is kind of interesting. This is the best. And I've seen this at other at other events where they literally just, you know, it's like they have all these leftover foods and they're not going to do anything with them. That's what happens at junior colleges and colleges. You know, they pre-prepare things, wrap them up in the foil. And then it's like at halftime, if they don't sell, they give them away. And they did that at American River College. They've done that at other mm. colleges where they have a snack bar. They just give the food away because they can't do anything. So mm. guess what? They threw wrapped hot dogs today in foil into the crowd Chrissy caught one yep sometimes <laughs> it said the hot dog made it into the crowd but not the foil <laughs> oh, okay. so it would come unwrapped <laughs> and oh and then Jane also writes um that they enjoyed the Blues Clues pitch. So we talked oh. about that just a bit ago. Okay, <laughs> all right, it's, it's going around that. Let's let's. As long as that field stays like that, I will never stop calling it Blues Clues field. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. That's so good that that you know everybody realizes that that's our <laughs> nickname for it. Perfect, and that. Um, just like what we said earlier, we felt the ref called more in Oakland's favor and it's true. It showed up yeah. in the stats. You know, we had more fouls called against us and that, um, and then she says props to the roots marketing department for the great merchandise. I agree. Their merchandise is solid and I have wanted to buy some of their stuff. Um, they, they, and their advertising is really sweet. I love mm. the ads that they're running, you know, and, and today, I don't know if you saw their promo about um, recognizing that they mm. are actually playing on an indigenous land. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's and so the, true. And the picture they also took, right, of, of the pitch and the message that was on the, on the pitch as well. I was like, well, that's, that that's really, uh, I mean, it, it speaks to, to the roots. So, I mean, it's really awesome that, that they do a good job at, you know, recognizing the name and, and really describing more of what the name actually means. And so, yeah, hands down, I have to say that they, they're doing an amazing job for a team that, you know, they, they literally 
for everyone, right? I mean, they literally just came this season, right? I just think that in general, I mean, this team came from a lower division that you wouldn't expect as much marketing to, to be involved with it. But even then, I remember seeing everything was on point, right? I mean, the logo was great. The atmosphere was just as great as it is now. And so hands down, I always, I always say this, Sharon, too. And, and you know that I'm not a big fan of the earthquakes because of how much they don't really get that much support when I see them. And I'll be seeing them tomorrow play against Cruz Azul. And I'll be witness of that and sharing pictures of that. But I always think that people in Oakland and San Francisco deserve a team that is in a higher division. And I'm glad that you know we get they get a second division team right now. But I've always advocated for them to get an MLS squad as well, because it's a whole different story when you move from San Jose to Oakland or San Francisco. They, they might both be in the Bay Area, but I think that Oakland and San Francisco just have so much more support because the soccer scene is that much bigger there. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting because the no, but the Santa Clara Valley is a real hotbed. If you if you've ever been to a tournament down in Morgan Hill, I mean, that is a freaking hotbed of soccer. You know, Santa Cruz really does produce a lot. And so you get kind of like this blend of the South Bay, right? The yeah. all the South Bay teams kind of are one poor one element of the soccer scene. But then the North Bay teams and the inland Bay mm-hmm. Area teams, as you move towards Contra Costa County and on the eastern side of Alameda County, it's a whole different thing. You've got the Danville Mustangs. You've got like this other whole nother, you know, arm of soccer that is nothing to do with, you know, the South Bay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting how it's chunked up. Um, you know, even something like UC Berkeley and Stanford slash, you know, all the northern uh, North Bay teams, UC Berkeley being one and, and all, all those teams there, very different from the Santa Clara region, you know, where you have uh, where you have San Jose State, you have Santa Clara University. It's just it, there is like a little mini dividing line. And I think it happens like right around Union City, Newark. And then everything north of that is different. It, I lived in Fremont. I lived in Lafayette when I was growing up. And it was incredibly different. The South Bay versus the, the North Bay and the East Bay and the San Francisco region. And San Francisco is an entity unto itself. It's kind mm. of like it's over there. You could see the tall buildings. Mm. And, you know, it, it was it's just, it's a very interesting culture in, in the Bay area. And I I love what the roots have done and I love the honor that they're paying, you know, all of the cultures that are, that make up the whole Bay. And if you think about um, some of, some of the land landmarks like Mount Tamalpais, and you, you think of the indigenous names that formed some of, you know, things that are being preserved right now. Um, and the blend of, of all the cultures is pretty cool. You know, how, how the Bay area is. Let's, let's go back to talking about soccer. Okay. Soccer, soccer. Luis is doing great things. Um, moving forward. I can see him, you know, playing a role in major sporting entities. If that's where things are headed for you, I think it's great. Shout outs to all the people. The game we lost two to one, but it's okay. Standings wise, we just have to win a few more matches. W- what did they say? We needed nine or ten points 
in the next, uh, you know, through the end of the season. So the supposition for results going forward was we would either draw or lose to San Diego. Somebody said, one of the announcers said, we would probably beat Tacoma. We would beat probably Los Dos. Um, Which I I actually have to backtrack. I, I, I kept saying we'd be playing Tacoma next Wednesday, but we're playing Los Dos, not oh, Tacoma. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. Right, right, right. I, I okay, got okay. it, got, got it. it wrong. So uh, hopefully we can beat Los Dos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Los Dos. So. We do. We we do play Tacoma um, on the seventeenth. So that will be. We can't just expect to win any of these matches. We have to go. We have to play every single one of them. You know, just go in and play our match. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a bit tough, right? I mean, we're in that moment in the season where you look at your last five matches and you're like, well, you got to get almost all the points, right? But I I would say 9 points is still the magic number right that we would hope to get, right? Meaning three wins out of the next five games, which you know, sounds sounds a bit complex when you say, it, especially given the season we've had, but if they play like they play tonight, if they just give it their all, I have no doubt that we would be able to pick up those points and maybe even more possibly, right? Or even pick up a tie yeah. in Phoenix, pick up a tie at San Diego. Uh, you know, that that's what I'm expecting of them is those three home games you have against Los Dos, against Tacoma, against San Diego, they should be three-pointers. And then against San Diego away and uh, against Phoenix away, you should be trying to get that tie at least right at that yeah, point at least the time right? and that puts us at 11 points which is more than enough right so that hopefully that's the yeah. that's the key right it's that's the key get as many points as you can and don't give up points at home that's the main thing if they can really be strong at home then we're good that's all we really need and so, so let me ask you this you have been the biggest critic and it's important that substitutions happen earlier than normal what did you think about our timing as far as subs tonight? I didn't like it. I was really disappointed at the fact that coach did it once again. The The timing just wasn't the right thing. And even, you know, we, we did see Pete and Patrick. I mean, as much as you, everyone knows that I criticize Patrick and I'll still keep doing it until he scores a goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he subbed them in like 11, 12 minutes before match ended. And I feel like you almost have to do it right as soon as you get that goal scored on, right? So we got the 2-1 scored on in the 63rd minute. It should have happened almost immediately. You should have that reaction to that goal because the match is intense. Some of the players, they literally just played on Saturday, right? So you got to give them some rest as well. And not just that, right? But we had the players in the bench that could have made more of a difference, right? Oh, so. heavens. Yes, we did. So so here's something. Um, o- Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is being criticized for not starting his best players. He did not start Ronaldo in a match against, um, oh gosh, I forget who they played earlier this week, but he didn't start him. And then he brought Ronaldo in and, and Ronaldo turned the game around, but still wasn't enough. I don't want to see the same thing happen to Mark. I think Mark did start his strong team. I think he's doing what you have wanted him to do all along, and that is start the best players. And 
while I disagree, you and I disagree about Derek Formella, I still think he's a bench <laughs> player. You know, he showed well tonight. You know, he showed what he's supposed to do, get the ball to Formella's feet and watch him do the magic. Um, but I, I do believe that minus Luis Felipe, I would have loved to have seen him in the match. Unfortunately, he has to serve his um, he has to serve his time for yellow card accumulation. But I, I I think he's listening to you. I think coach, I think he's doing the right thing by starting. I think he's starting the strongest team that he has. And that's important. And this is what needs to happen. You just have to. But you're right, Luis, you have to start, you have to sub at those moments when something has happened, you know, or there 65th minute is always a good 65th minute for some reason is a magic number Mm -hmm. that a coach should start thinking about subbing and getting fresh legs in there and to be able to go after the other team, especially if you're, uh, if, if you're in a tied situation or if you're goal down, you've got to change your tactics. And if you're playing, you know, goal down means bring in, bring in the artillery, bring in something different. You know, it's, yeah, I agree. And even if your goal up or two goals up, you still have to play your subs so you can continue to defend and Mm. without losing pace, you know, because let's face it, at what minute will a player start through exhaustion, lose mental focus you know, I'm I'm trying to remember it basically at what minute. You know, it's it's not you ask your players to stay focused for 90, full mm-hmm. 90, full focus, but there's a point in there if they, you know, because they're running out of nutrition, they're running out of electrolytes, they're running out of all the things mm-hmm. that feed the brain. And the brain is the thing that tells the body what to do when they see certain things happening on the pitch. And I'm trying to remember, and gosh, I wish I could get Betty on here or somebody who knows <laughs> at what minute is it critical that you dig down as a player to stay focused or you have subs that can come in and do the same thing. So do you know what that is? Do you know where that is? It's something like, like, I think it's the 65th minute, like somewhere between 60 and 65 minutes of playing soccer. Yeah. I I would assume that it would be between the 65th to the 70th minute uh, because at that point, right. I mean, you've been playing anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes in the second half, plus the 45 in the first half. So I, I would assume it would be around there. But in general, I think whenever we get a sub that comes in after the 75th minute, that's too late, in my opinion. And, and like you said, right, even if you're winning, right, they still need their break, right? We still need to defend. You need to have uh, healthier legs out there that can actually run more. Um, but not just that, right? Because I think a lot of coaches they view it as like, I'll do a sub at the end of the game to kill some time, right? Is what we usually see in the world of the sport. But in reality, I guess if we really think about it, you could could kill that same time before the 75th minute and it doesn't have to be at the last minute. You're still still wasting the same amount of time that you would at the end of the match than you do before. So it really makes no difference when you do the sub if you do it at the end, because you could still waste that time if that's really what they're trying to do. And maybe yeah. you might, you know, inject a different gameplay and, and whatnot, but it, it more so when you're losing, like, I, I just can't stress it enough, right. That we need to be more reactive when those it's, things happen. You know, and I agree. Okay. So there's a couple things I wanted to say. So we have, t- okay. So this is cool. We have technology now on the players and there's also a uh, heat maps 
to show, you know, the amount that a player has run, say a defender, or a mm-hmm. defensive midfielder, or somebody like Andrew, you know, we have, we have the ability to, to live do the heat mapping. And then they mm-hmm. also have the trackers on them so that we can see the physio team, you know, the, the analytical people can kind of see what's going on with the players as, as we go. So they can see the fatigue. If, you know, if there's a player that's, you know, literally running too much or has seven miles in versus four miles, you know, because running and, you know, sprinting and stopping and sprinting and stopping four miles is usually pretty simple for a soccer player. Seriously, three to four miles of doing that is, you know, that's a piece of cake. That's what they're trained to do. Um, But then you can also see which players have exerted more um, and, and how their body has performed, you know, heart rate wise and all that other stuff. And some guys are just really good. They can do it. They can do that for 90 minutes. You you look at a guy like, like Dan Casey, and I've not seen him falter, you know, in his physicality and his focus, really, I haven't seen that that much. So, so they have the ability to, to kind of monitor that with, with the players. So, I mean, I, I look at Andrew and I've not really seen him lately get gassed in a game. So I don't know that I would pick him as a, a sub, an early sub, if you're thinking of a defensive sub, you know, maybe your wing, your wing backs, you know, maybe they would need a break, you know, like Jordan or, or Duke, but you know, right now Duke's been wearing the captain's armband. So it's like, do you really, do you sub him? So it's just kind of like, well, well, okay. So in the 65th minute, do you sub your front line? so that we can attack more, even if we're goal down. So it's like all these things that you got to think about. Is it, are you goal up? Are you tied? Are you goal down? You know, and where do you insert your subs at the, at the right time? And, you know, what is the right sub and what is the change in tactic? And we just get the, we get the beauty of being able to watch all this unfold during all these matches. And it'll be fun to watch, uh, you know, the next game and see how we get to play. You know, the, there was one player on the bench that I wish we would have seen in the starting 11 for this match. And I'd say that was Nobby. Um, because uh, as much as... Where do you as, put him, though? Where do you put him? I, I put him in uh, Sarge's position. I put him in the central. Because if you go back and look at the goal that, um, unfortunately, our former player scored and then celebrate it like crazy, which I was like, oh, man, you could have done the, you know, the x celebration and it's not like he left in bad terms but uh, all right i guess he maybe didn't think about that in the moment but uh clementa right scores that uh 2-1 header goal i feel like i have the confidence that nabi could have probably cleared that one out but it wasn't as well cleared out right because we know nabi he's usually the first to get to one of those opportunities especially when it's a free kick or um, a corner kick as well but i feel like we needed him in this match and also his velocity would have been fantastic as well. Oh my but, God. Uh, just his speed. Yeah. Oh, would he, do you think he would have gotten sucked in on the one play that um, Quincy ended up scoring the goal against us? Do you think he would have been as sucked up as uh, you know, he got the, the other two defenders got kind of thrown off guard. I, I don't know. I feel like he's given us some pretty good performances that I, I feel a little bit more confident if he would have been involved in that play. Right. Okay. And, and now that you mentioned that, actually, we'll, we'll take a look at that play where um, he, he got that opportunity. And I have to say that, unfortunately, we'll never know. And it, it just it kind of sucks. Right. I mean, we know the camera angles and all that. But at first glance, I thought it was offside. Yeah. Right. Because he, he was uh, uh, he just had that one on one opportunity. He just seemed like a loan up front. But 
for all right. I know, maybe maybe he wasn't, but just the camera angle is really hard to determine if it was really clear or yeah, not. But right. I, I mean, I, I feel like he is a quick player, and there were opportunities maybe if if you know he would have been there because we've seen him do some crazy runs where it almost seems like he'll never make it, but he ends up making it because we know that, you know, he's, he's tall, he's got long legs. So the guy could really run like no one else on the pitch. And so maybe, maybe it would have happened or maybe Hay- he would have been a little Hayden, bit more focused. I know Hayden got sucked in to the play and and nobody watched the run of Quincy. And I, like I said, I think I saw Jaime or somebody make a recovery run or try to make a recovery run. Oh no, it was Duke. Sorry. Yeah, it was it was Duke making a recovery run. Um, unfortunate. It, it He does look clearly offsides when the ball was played. It looks like he clearly was in an offsides position. But um, man, that's a tough that's that's a fine line to call. But you're right. We there were players that got sucked, sucked in high. Um, even the announcer said that our two defenders, our central defenders got um, they kind of got played. Yeah, Sarge is actually was way too up front. Yeah, he was. I think way he, too up he should have been more more out back, and yeah, he did have other mistakes. Which I think that uh, with him being out for so long, it's understandable, right? That maybe he's not as into it as he was last season, right? Where he was more consistent and yeah. not really dealing with you know much injury problems. But th- that that's why I think I would have put in Nobby. I think he's been more regular. So here's the funny thing. We don't know what's ha- what, what anybody is seeing at training. And, you know, I, I know that every coach has to make decisions based on what they're seeing at training and then what they've seen in past games. And, you know, it could be that Hayden is an awesome, he does awesome things during training, but then when you get him on the, on game day, some his, you know, maybe he's not executing the swivel head the way he should, or, you know, like he got sucked up in this one play. Whereas I think on game day, I think Nobby is nails. He's, he's really solid on game day. Don't know how he plays during training because he's trying, you know, he's, there's a lot more focus on the player in training. Um, You know, the, uh, the battles, you know, the battles. And so you can be anxious at training, but then when you get on the game day pitch, your confidence is hundred percent different, like way better because this is, this is the real deal. This is, you know, there's no rehearsals anymore. This is the game. And I, I think Nobby's a game player. I think he's a gamer. You know, I, I think he does really well on game day. That's we've seen it time and time again. So yeah, I would love to see him get another chance. So we definitely need to talk about the goal that we scored because I have to say that I really enjoyed this goal as much as it didn't lead to us getting any points because this goal here that we scored tonight actually gives me hope that we could have a team that can get those three points in upcoming matches, right? That can get those nine that we were asking for. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, this was the team gelling together. This is what we've been wanting to see the whole season, right? And we're now seeing it. This, I agree with you 100%. I agree. And I know we're going to break it down. But the passing sequence that led to the opening for this goal, the passing sequence was incredible. Go. So we see through it. We see Cameron, right? He's got a defender behind him too, and he decides to give it to. He's Duke. got three defenders. Yeah. He had three defenders on his back. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Duke gives it to Dark, right? Dark was open because of those defenders putting that pressure out, out to Cameron. And, you know, Dark just gives it right back to Cameron. And yep. Cameron gives it over to Jaime. Jaime looks at Dark. He sees him open, right? I mean, at this yep. point, he's going to do that pass. He's going to try it because, you know, why not, right? Because he's out open. He knows that Cameron has a defender that is watching him. Yep. And he sees him make that run, right? So he's like, Darek's going to be open, right? Let me yep. pass it to him. Darek breaks the offside thanks to that defender that's out to get Cameron, luckily, because I think that they went with the idea that he was going to pass it to Cameron, which he yep. could have very well also passed it to him. But no one paid attention to Darek, who's right there, breaking the offside again and uh, making sure that he had that open angle and then it also helped that Darek was basically falling down right before he does the shot. <laughs> so, you know, he was able to stretch a little bit more and, and get that shot and, and yeah. nutmeg the goalkeeper. Yeah. Right? We saw the nutmeg again. <laughs> in the second match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love the passing sequence. You know, this is the, it was the classic, um, you know, Cameron drew the, the pack to his back, which, that's what we expect of Cam, you know, to draw the draw the players in, open up the game, the up back through, you know, it was, it was the passing sequence was probably one of the best in front of the goal. But Jaime to find the right crease um, and the seam to pass it right to Derek. I mean, it was it was it was a sweet little deal. It was a sweet little deal. We need to have more of that, and that's how Cam that's how Cam Awasa scored off of um, uh, Derek's pass this last weekend. It was one of those clever passing sequences and we capitalized on it. So it seems like we found our way that we're going to start scoring goals. Yeah, like so that, that, that's like a good it. sign. That, that's why I was like, this gives me hope, right? That they know how to score these goals. They know how to do these things. So we just want to see it done also at home <laughs> and we need, yeah. we need to see it done three times and in a fashion that gives us the three points, but at least we're seeing that now and hopefully we see the same. Yeah. But I do have to say one thing before this goal actually happened um, and it was a consistent thing too, but I have to just single out, point out this player because I, I was so mad at seeing this, right. But there was a moment before the goal where, uh, this player from Oakland Roots, uh, his name is uh, Guillermo Diaz, actually uh, tries to provoke Darek, right, in, into getting into a fight, which um, we know Darek could be hot-headed at times and all that, but still, you're provoked. So, I mean, it's kind of tough, especially when you're losing and those things happen. And so the guy just had, and if, if Jared was here, he'd be saying the same thing, an Oscar performance. Uh, he never gets hit in the face, right? Darek basically just does like a chest bump, right? And the guy just like falls to the ground. But fortunately, the referee caught all that, gives him a yellow card. Also, Darek gets one. But it, it's just it's just crazy how these things happen right on the field. And, and you get players that are trying to act this bad because when you go back and look at the replay, you're like, that was horrible acting and then on top of that i mean he's the one who provoked it so if there's one little positive thing i could say about the referee is that at least he caught those things and 
he he didn't fall for for that because any other referee could have I don't know they could could have pulled a red card on Darik without really realizing or really looking at the situation, seeing like a hey, he was provoked and this player is also clearly acting because he did not get hit in the face. Yeah, so. I know. Well, the referee was right there. So it was like, it was so obvious. So that was good. We, we, we dodged a bullet there. Thank God. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we've had issues with uh, red cards there, but yeah. So positive stuff with uh, the goal that we scored. And, you know, if, if we go back and look at, at the uh, play that originated the goal that unfortunately again, Emra ends up scoring, uh, I have to say, though, before this play actually happened, uh, the, the, I thought I saw the ball go out, right? They, they had an opportunity, and I thought I thought I saw it go out, but apparently, you know, I wasn't able to go back and, and look at the replay and see if that had happened because um, it's not as easy to do so on ESPN Plus when you try to <laughs> go back and, and all that. But unfortunately, you know, it was one of those situations where Embro wasn't being marked as well as he should have been marked because we should have realized that he is really good up in the air, right? You know him very well, Sharon. But <laughs> well, he used to be a striker. He used to be a striker. So this was years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he clearly hasn't lost that. Although I have to say, though, <laughs> I was not satisfied with his second time around with the Republic. I, I felt like he he just wasn't at the same level. And now we're seeing the old uh, Clementa. But I, I know in a lot of matches, like I, I just was not happy with his performances on the pitch. And yeah, I don't know if there was anything else going on maybe with the coach at the time or what. But, it, you know, th- things just weren't weren't as great, unfortunately, with him um, as they were right the first time around. Because we know we, we like the... Uh, Clementa that was around at that time, right? That made it to the LA Galaxy and all that. But, um, you know, it seems like with the Roots, he's been a different player. And just in the matches that we've played against them, yeah, this guy is is playing at the level that we saw him at the first time around with the Republic. And, you know, another thing could be that, you know, he's pretty motivated, right? He's playing in front of his home crowd because let's remember, he's actually a Bay Area guy. So, uh, you know, he's got that extra motivation with him. and. Uh, you know, good for him if, if it's working out for him. Uh, I just wish he wouldn't have celebrated again. I wish he would he would have been like, I'm sorry, at least or something. Pull the hole. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so happy for Emra. I mean, I, I the one thing about former Republic players, except for a couple, we won't name them right now. Mm. We're usually really happy to see them come back through again. Like if we ever played Colorado, I'd be so happy to see Matt, you know, if we, if we ever played any of, of the, uh, of, of the teams where we have players, it would just be so sweet most of the time to see. So we're always Sacramento is one of those places where if you've already played, if you've played for us, yeah, if you, even if you score against us or playing against us, we still like you. You know, we may not like the score. We may not like the result, but we're not going to we're not going to dislike you, except if you showed your butt to us, which happened in one situation. So um, not, oh, okay. but, not not a real butt is figurative, you know, when somebody shows you the bad side. So. Oh, OK. I, I was like, wait, are you being? No, <laughs> it's not for reals. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. At, at the USL level, I mean, if, if it was during the USL pro days, then I could believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been 
That would have been so funny. Uh, I I could think of a couple that probably would do that. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm thinking of like Dom, right? When he moved to Reno. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Maybe it would have been towards Reno though, because I know he he did not like Reno. (laughs) Even when he was with him. him, Yeah. Uh, And you know who else didn't really like Reno when they were with him was James Kiffey. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, you know, Clementa did not like them either, too. And he told us right here um, that, that he didn't like them when, when he was with them, that he didn't even want to move there. But unfortunately, it was like he had that, a, that was he had his a option. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so. there were there. There's always so many weird things that happens, you know, when we don't continue to let a player be with it. You know, it's just weird. It's all about it all revolves around communication, um, you know, and and the one the person who was like one of the better communicators was Graham Smith you know as our um, general manager because he literally would tell he would write to your face you know son you're you need to change you need to improve this this and this he would literally tell you know he'll he was honest and, and or he would tell a guy you know that's much better he was very clear it was very upfront for the most part with the guys i know some of the players there was a little bit of hiding the ball um as far as the status of you know the person but for the most part he was he was pretty as far as i remember he was, yeah i remember him telling me you know that that you know one thing or another and it's like gosh graham tell me how you really feel that one hurt <laughs> but you know at the end of the day you know we all pulled together as one yeah, and it worked, right? We were champions, yeah. so right? whatever yeah. we did in that first season. I know, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it again, because the players really played for the crest, right? Like you always ask for, Sharon, and right. we, we need to see that again. And, you know, I have faith, right? It's it's there. That, that We were a brand new team, right? So come on. We, we were brand new. All these players, they were just getting to know each other for the first time. Like, we could we could do that again. If we did that the first season when we didn't even have a team the year before playing in any leagues, we could do right. it again with, with a again. solid team. And uh, and if we could bring some players back, please, please, you already know I want BJ back. Uh, <laughs> I know. Everybody wants BJ back. He's getting older, though. You know how it is when they start getting a little long in the tooth, as we say. <laughs> I don't mind if he stays with the team until he retires. I think... Bijev, uh over 30 years old is still a great player I think and yeah. and he he I mean he always had that mentality of playing for the crest and you know if we have to have an older squad just a bunch of players in their 30s who play for the crest we could yeah. do great things as well I mean I'm just saying that could also happen <laughs> it, it happened last season we did pretty good so you know that that could uh, be there as well but you know we just have to look towards the future now and these are the players that we have and let's just hope that we don't see that much changes now because you know the team is starting to gel as we mentioned before with that play and if if you change a lot of the squad again then we're going to go back to point zero right we're going to go back to the beginning of how it was the season and that's why I think it was how it was at the beginning of the season because last season we still had a lot of the core squad, right, that we had the previous year. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I'm worried if we change again, what can happen? How long are we going to have to, like, 
<laughs> go back to gelling together as a team and and really what's what's going to happen right at, at this point we just have a bunch of questions at the end of the season if we don't make it to playoffs who's going to stay who's going to leave um what is really going to happen with the team and i, I don't know i mean it, this is going to be an interesting postseason if we don't make the playoffs because uh, i feel like we're going to see a lot of changes if if that happens and uh it's not always great to see changes as much as we we ask for old players to come back <laughs> and all that because there's a system right now and in place and you have to solidify something at least keep a lot of the core players but don't get rid of a lot of players just because you don't make the playoffs right unless there's a player that clearly just didn't make the cut which uh you know everyone knows the player i'm thinking of but he's going back for sure because he's on loan <laughs> um ah, but yeah yeah but you know uh, i mean all we have to do now is just look at these last five matches and i mean the standings might not look as great but we still have to be positive because uh, as i've mentioned in past weeks like we're not that far behind right it would be a whole different story if we'd be looking at the table now and saying like well the roots are really seven points away from us, six points away from us. They're like two games away from that. Um, they're not, right? I mean, they're, they're just a loss and a win from us in the next game to the point where we could be above them, right? By one point again. But we just have to make sure that we don't tie in points against them because uh, as the commentators were saying, so I was right when I mentioned it before, if you tie, the first tiebreaker is matches played against each other, right? And so... Now Oakland has that lead above us, right? They got one win, three ties in our series. And so that's why, you know, that this match, uh, this match hurt a little bit, right? Because you, you had that overall series and now you lost in that. And so now you can't afford to tie in points with them. Yeah, because head to head, we lose on the head to head. If we're, yep, if we're both looking at fourth place, they would win it. And so that's why, you know, this also goes to show that same point I made a week or two ago that we also have to beat Los Dos and Tacoma, not just to get to the magical nine points because you can get to those nine points, um, no problem, right, with other matches and lose against Los Dos or Tacoma, but because we have to beat them in the series as well, right? We need to make sure that they they don't get any upper hand because it's just going to be so close that it is going to eventually lead to that and we don't want to make it to the point where last game if we win that match we could tie in points against you know one of these other teams but it doesn't really matter anymore because they beat us overall so you yep. could win you could tie yep. but yeah it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> so and I, I i don't know i don't know what can happen too now but um but in the standings as, as you mentioned earlier you know we're, we're now in sixth place in the group um, move down two spots right to, to that spot uh, 27 games played 32 points but uh, below us if there's any positives that came out of today was Tacoma lost against Austin Bold so thank you Austin you beat him 1-0 at home just barely but you beat him luckily they didn't progress beyond us but they do still have one game less than we do they're at 30 points two points less than we do so that's why it makes it critical that you beat them because we had that opportunity to tie and be up beyond them, right? And games played <laughs> uh, and and points and make sure that they don't pass you if they win. 
but now we're not at that point now and <laughs> and we have to make sure that we beat them and also Los Dos because Los Dos also has one less game and we are tied in points against them. So you have to make sure you take care of them. Um, in whatever fashion you do, you just have to make sure you get those two wins against them, which there are next um, upcoming rivals, right? After this Saturday's match. And so give it your all, right? Everyone go out and support them in those two matches. I know they play on a Wednesday. It's hard to attend a match, but I mean, look at me. I'm going to be driving from Modesto about an hour and 15 minutes down over there to watch them on a Wednesday night. So if you are in the area and you can actually make it, go there, please. I don't know what's going to happen this Saturday. I don't know what situation we're going to be in, right? If we lose, we could potentially be uh, five points away from Oakland Roots if they win. Um, But you still have to go out there, right? Regardless, we still have to support this team. It, It doesn't matter if on the 30th, we are out of the playoffs with no mathematical chance to make it. We still have to be out there supporting the team and, and, you know, just hoping that we get a win in that last regular season match. And then afterwards, it's just really going back to the drawing board and looking at what went wrong in the season, right? Doing that analysis, what could have been done better and what could we do better moving forward? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My man of the match tonight. And then I'm going to try to guess yours. Oh. Okay. I should try to guess yours, actually. Let's make this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think of mine first. I, I should write it down <laughs> so I can't change my mind. Um, I, I'll write. So oh. you have to do the same thing. Luis. You have to yeah, write down do. your man of the match. So there's no cheating. This is fun. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Duke LaCroix is your man of the match. Nope. And he's not even my runner up. My, my man oh. of the match was of all people. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Derek Formella is my man of the match because he scored the goal. So yeah, he got my man of the match. Plus he played. <laughs> he actually, he actually showed up and he played today. So any he got a yellow card. He didn't get a red card. <laughs> <You know? laughs> close, close. So, <laughs> he, he got, and uh, you know, he kept trying to he kept trying to do to design plays. So that's 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 my guy. Now I'm gonna guess your man on the match. I think you guessed Cameron Awasa. No, actually that that was not, and he's not even my runner-up either. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. Okay, who's your man of the match? So my man of the match is... Oh, my God, we, we got the same one! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. And Quayle was in my running. I I thought of Quayle, and I saw that that's your second in line. My second in line was Andrew. You know, Andrew, um, even though I got subbed out, I'm still really appreciative. I appreciate everything he did. When the situation with Derek Formella... Uh, started to unfold. Um, the first person to go there was not the captain. It was it was Andrew. He ran over there to talk to the. I, I think Andrew has made a difference in running the the plays. I you know I really do think he's done well. So that's my 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 runner up man of the match. And I saw yours was Quayo. So 
good choice. Good choices all the way around. Someday Duke will come back into the picture of being, you know, the um, man of the match or the runner up. But today we both picked Derek. We were both, we both picked the goal score. Good for us. Yeah. So I think beyond the goal, I, I wouldn't just say it's because of the goal only too, but I really like this attitude. And we, we all know that he, he could be a hothead right at times, right? Where like any little thing could tick him off and <laughs> he can get into a fight and whatnot. But I have to say, I, I always appreciate those kinds of players who you could tell they really want to win the game, right? They're constantly like telling the referee either like this goalkeeper is wasting time or like, seriously, you call that a foul? Like that was not a foul. And he does that. I understand they could lead to yellow cards and all that too, but you could tell that he wants to really win the match, right? He's really into the match. And I I think even the commentator said it too. And and this is one of the reasons why I always ask for this, but anytime you get a team that is so in tune to a match where like these things happen, you, you know, you see him run over, get the ball real quick. They want to like, just do their free kick quick or just, you know, uh, you know, resume play quick. Uh, it leads to goals sometimes, right? Because you have that momentum, you have that energy. And so uh, I I noticed that from Darek today. So yeah, really great stuff. Yeah. Well, this has been really awesome, Sharon. I'm really glad that most of what we talked about wasn't necessarily always about the game, right? But about other aspects, because we just got to do that when we lose, because (laughs) no one likes losing. (laughs) And we have to have some laughter because we always have laughter in our shows and just again, tell everyone that it sucks when you lose whatnot, but you still got to be out there supporting the team and and listen to our yeah. podcast. You can find us on all major channels and we still have stickers. So hit us up. Yes, please, please. If you're going to be going to the game on uh, next Wednesday against Los Dos, uh, as I said, I'll be there. Sharon, you'll be there as well. And we'll be loaded with stickers as we usually are. And so please be on the lookout over there for us um, or, or in the following game as well. Um, we, we always have them with us so thank you so much to everyone who listens to the show thank you so much to jane for providing the commentary so that way we could have some things to describe the match without having the person in the match (laughs) Uh, because we know how tough it is to um, hop on especially after you were driving back home or especially after a loss like this as well so we really appreciate your comments and letting us actually feel like we were there which we wish we would have been there but Wednesday matches are are tough, especially going to the Bay Area. Uh, um, But thank you so much for that. And thank you so much to you for listening today. We really appreciate that as always. Um, We could not do the podcast as often as we do if it wouldn't be for everyone who listens to any of our shows. We really appreciate that as well. So thank you so much, everyone. Have a great night. And uh, we will see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Good night, all. Goodbye, all. Thanks for listening. Before the season, they were in the other uh, league, right in the NPSL. Um, in NISA. Oh, oh, yeah. So but before the season, they were in NISA, right? They were playing against Academica, right? I remember hearing games against them. And, and so, uh, what were they playing? They were, right? No, I'm scratching my head. Were they no, in yeah, NPSL or NISA? I, I think they were. I have to look. <laughs> Right. Oh, there's all bloopers. Blooper. I'm getting a blooper. <laughs> Another blooper. <laughs> um. Let's see. I think that they. Let's see. Oh, it is NPSL. Was it NPSL? Pretty sure when I talked to.
my yeah, because we even interviewed. Well, no, we also interviewed uh, Jordan Farrell, and and we talked about the you know the transition. <sighs> Let's see. Actually, I'll, I, I should do it this way. Look at. Uh, it is Nisa. It is Nisa. Oh, 2020. Oh, okay, so it was Nisa. Where were the? Uh, uh, was it? Was it called Pacific Division? No. Mid-Atlant. All right. So, oh, there they are, right there. Okay. Oh, so it was. Where did? You know what? What it was? It was Project Five One Zero. Okay. That was the. That was the team. I believe that was an MPSL. There. Uh, their B squad, technically. Um, okay, okay. Or I should say their yeah. um, academy squad. Academy, okay. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Project Five, yeah, MPSL Project Five One Zero. So um, here, here it is. <laughs> the old person's memory that said, "No, it was Nisa." Guess what? Old person wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you got this one there. Um, yeah. So, well, I, I mean, I. Okay, right, I'm gonna write down. I'm gonna write down my my man and my man of the match tonight. Let, let me find a piece of paper that's not like a podcast sticker because I have a bunch of podcast stickers. <laughs> okay. Um, see, oh, oh, I gotta think about this long and hard. Um, okay. I have my I have my man of the match, and I've written it down. Do you? 